Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Time Save Podcast, a high-level discussion on high-level speedrunning. My name is Jacob Ghostwood Wilkinson, and joining me today is the Michael Jordan of Battle for Bikini Bottom. Shift, how are you doing? Hey, just uh, spent a lot of time working on the history video that we got to talk about as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool, cool. Yep, I'm here now. Perfect. Um, how is life on lockdown for you so far? Pretty much the same. <laughs> You know, a lot of soup instead of eating out, you know? Yeah, I feel that. All the, only change. All the speedrunners I've talked to are like, I mean, I never go outside anyway, so it's pretty much exactly what it normally is. Too, too busy. Too <laughs> much to do before the remake comes out. Yeah, I bet. Um, so I always say that I think it's kind of funny if people have heard of this show, but not the speedrunners I have on. But just in case there is someone who doesn't know about you or Battle for Bikini Bottom, do you just kind of want to give an introduction to what makes the game unique and how you got into it? Well, I got into this game because of one glitch in particular that I was just uh, writing the, the original story about how it was found uh, mm-hmm. called cruise boosting. Mm-hmm. It's like the main speed tech in the game, but there are a lot of other things that go into it. It's just more of like the backbone that kind of holds the whole run together. Uh-huh. A lot of the tech in the game is is unique where you can you can boost your speed in a variety of ways. There's a lot of damage boosting. Mm-hmm. You combine all that kind of stuff together to um, to clip through things. Pretty much any object in the game can be clipped into. You can also levitate. There are a lot of other unique things I guess we can get into later if they mm-hmm. come up. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a 3D platformer, but it's its own take on the genre. It was released in 2003 for the sixth generation of consoles, and it's gotten quite the following over the past um, four or so years. Um, mm-hmm. It's existed for a lot longer than that as a speedrun, but as of recently, it started to get like very popular. One of the most uh, popular games on speedrun.com currently at uh, i think i think we're at like over 70 active runners right now wow. so it's, it's quite quite a bit up there yeah yeah that's crazy um so you said in the past 4 years or so that's kind of when it's taken off is that about when you joined cuz i know there was like a cuz i believe i heard you say on stream one time that you had seen a task for the game that you thought was interesting um was it yeah. was it sort of around when you joined and your stream numbers started picking up that other people were kind of drawn to the game or it, the game was um it was more of a small community mm. of few brilliant people who helped to get to the point where it was interesting enough for me to pick it up okay but once i picked it up and uh, some people who had interest of, in learning the game they could get into it because i started making tutorials and guides on how to play and i was streaming it a lot so it was very accessible for people to learn mm-hmm. and watch and, and get exposed to so with that with the game growing my stream also grew as well with my stream growing the game also grew so we kind of grew together Mm-hmm. Eventually, uh, my videos started getting recommended on YouTube, to, like with the YouTube algorithm. Uh, I got the run. I started. I got partnered as well on Twitch mm-hmm. from playing a game, just ex- exclusively that game. Um, really impressive. Started getting on the front page of Twitch as well. You know, from there, it just kind of ramped up where more people were taking interest in the game, more people were taking interest in doing the run, strat hunting. Uh, people became smarter. At looking for stuff we got smarter people in the community to find more interesting things mm-hmm. and since then the time has cut down i believe um my first world record was a 107 and now it's a 48 wow we're talking about 80 percent and would you say that some of that growth but that's a whole it's a whole other story you know yeah would you say that some of that growth comes from uh like the people you've drawn in like have you learned from some of the people that like learned the game from you like oh hey i found this thing of course yeah we've all we all learn from one another of course Mm. yeah so forth back in the day 
it was mostly me doing a lot of this stuff because I was spending the most time playing the game, but people caught up with the, the knowledge curve and started finding things on their own. Um, around like a few years ago, people started that kind of stuff. Cool. Uh, at the beginning, um, 20, at the beginning for me, like the game was experiencing another revival. Its first revival was in 2013, 2014-ish when uh, Cole and Hazel both started running the game. Mm-hmm. Like late, very early 2012-ish, they started taking interest, but they started doing runs like mid-2012, 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the ones who discovered cruise boosting and some of the more like the, the bigger glitches in the game. But there were still plenty of big glitches and, and tricks and exploits to be found that we, we found when we came back to it. But the issue was um, this game was getting a lot of traction back in 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. uh, with Cole and Hazel averaging like 20 to 30 viewers on Twitch streaming the game speedruns. But it just kind of died off around 2015-ish because um, they stopped playing and the game was so difficult to get into because the speed tech was so like unique and strange. That, right. Um, people couldn't figure out how to play it. Very mm-hmm. few people did. And um, I was one of the people who picked it up again after people hadn't been playing it for a while. It was myself. Um, Faf, he's um, he's known now for like a hat in time and like getting over it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But he started his speedrunning career playing this game as like his first speed game, and as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. And it took him like a month to learn because it just took so long to figure out how to do everything back then. Right. So there were such complex tricks, but there wasn't enough adequate mm-hmm. explanation on how to do them. So that was kind of what 2016 was about, was bringing the game back to life mm-hmm. and teaching people how to play it. So now that this is all documented, like what you mentioned earlier, the um, the the tutorial video that I just recently put out, like mm-hmm. that was like that's like the um the ultimate guide. But back in the day it was just like forum post capture card, microphone, yeah. explain the run as you're doing it. Mm-hmm. That was still better than what we had at the time. So people took that and they started playing. And mm-hmm. from there it just grew. Good deal. I wanna say one of my like favorite moments I've ever seen from a speedrunning community was watching you do like the four person uh one tiki setup streams. That was like something that I had never seen from any other community it's just like just four runners just sitting around like banging out attempts trying to figure out this trick together i think that's one of the like really cool things that makes the community unique because i'll admit when i first found your stream i thought that it was just kind of like oh here's just like this guy running a game that he is interested in that doesn't really have a community around it but i've just kind of been impressed about how wrong that is over and over again so yeah i think the misconception comes from not many partnered streamers playing the game Mm -hmm. which at this point I don't really understand because now is the time to play the game because the remake's coming out and you, right. you want to slice that pie. You want to you better play the game, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's obviously not what speedrunning is about, but from a, from a streamer perspective, like, it's not a bad gig right now, mm-hmm. you know? The game's popular, it's fun to watch, it's got a good community, and it's getting a remake, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are getting into it. I know um, Liquid Wi-Fi is mm-hmm. a streamer of The Simpsons Hit and Run. He's running the game again. He started in, like, 2018, but... Back then, some weird stuff was going on with rule sets, and we were trying to figure out how to deal with SBA, which this, the ski ball trick you just mentioned mm. um, was first being found at that time. And the 70-hour work week you were talking about when we all got in the right. call and tried to figure out the most recent setup. Um, mm. It's funny how little that got us. Like we we really tried just about everything, but mm. it's just so optimized that there's not much else to do with it, you know? Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, it's, it's tough, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, uh, to to go back to my previous point, we're seeing more streamers and like even like world record holders from other popular games mm-hmm. take interest, in, not just like 
watching it but also playing it. Mm. We tried to um help uh, Tyrone, the world record holder in Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah. We yeah, we sent him an Xbox because it's so difficult to get your hands on one, mm. um, like an NTSC Xbox in Italy. But the thing kind of like the postal services kind of beat around the bush for two months. It got stuck in the post office, and then the whole coronavirus outbreak happened, and they shipped it back to the U.S. So we can't even play the game. Bummer. So we don't even know when he's going to be able to to start doing runs eventually. But we hope to eventually get that Xbox <laughs> to him so he can play. That's, That's another thing too is like this game has gotten so popular. I mean, it's it's multi-platform, but Xbox is really the only viable one for competition. Mm-hmm. Depends if you're like doing like high if you're high level like Xbox 360 is fine, but it loses a minute to loading screens. So. Like Xbox original is the top level console that the, the top level players to use, but despite it being such an obscure console, the game has still gotten so popular because mm. a lot of people just like they're fine with learning on the slower console to get into it and then upgrade later. That's one of the other things I think makes this community unique is that people are focused on enjoying the game more than um, the competition, and it's still popular and therefore competitive because people are playing it yeah, a lot sense. despite not being so focused on just getting a world record. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, I want to talk about your like role as the community leader uh, for Battle for Bikini Bottom because um, even though I, I've talked to world record holders for other games, but they're like games that just have been you know like these are the rules since like the '90s, so it, it was kind of hard for them to come in and take over on that. But I know since in the last year or so, you guys have cleaned up your leaderboard a little bit and started putting out like a, a conceded effort, a concerted effort. I mean, sorry, on uh, getting more content to bring in new runners. Do you want to talk a little bit about what your job looks like doing that sort of thing? Yeah, it's um. So there are ten people who make the rules. I'm just one of those ten people, and we mm-hmm. discuss like the possibility of changing things around to make it more accessible for new runners. A lot of speed runs have like weird, obscure categories in their main boards, and they're like in prominence, which I think is. I mean, my philosophy just makes things a little bit more convoluted. Mm-hmm. If your any percent category is um, accessible for new runners, you're your main competitive category, while it might not have as many runners, but it's more popular with the popular player, excuse me, the experienced players. Mm-hmm. It's more popular with them. Like, that's fine for the competitive category. You need options that are, you know, justifiable and understandable for people to get into as well as, like, side categories. Um, mm-hmm. We have a, an extension board for Battle for Bikini Bottom. It's a lot of, a lot, it's a lot of bigger games do have extension boards mm-hmm. um, where we have the, the more, like, fun, obscure side categories that wouldn't be obvious people who are new to the game like for example um no any percent no sba like right if you're new and you don't even know what sba is you would understand why someone would want to run the game without it but it's just a, it's a side category of people who want to go back to the way the game was played in the past mm-hmm. there's like any percent warpless which is like just any percent without warping not using the warp menu because menu warping is a pretty big exploit in battle for bikini bottom so mm-hmm. it's like a fun little side category that some people have taken interest in we have our side categories, but they're shoved off to the side to make room for the three main ones, which are 100%, any percent, and NG+. Our variation on NG+, like, um, a lot of communities do this where speedrun NG+, is not an official mode, but mm-hmm. they define their own rules for what the game is like if you start with things that you weren't able to in the previous playthrough. In Battle for Bikini Bottom, we use cheat codes to activate the Cruise Bubble and Bubble Bowl, which are the moves that you unlock for defeating two of the major boss fights mm-hmm. earlier in the game. So you can start with the cruise boosting exploit I was talking about earlier for boosting your speed and making the movement a lot faster pace. So it's like an any percent option for people who like to start with that exploit. 
and any percent, any percent, or hundred percent is just collecting everything in the game, which in my opinion is the um, the best showcase of what the game has to offer. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not for everybody, so yeah. that's why we have three different categories that people choose from. They're not split by console. They're not split by variable mm-hmm. or anything like that. They're just just simply put three separate categories, and you choose whichever one you want to play. And it makes it a lot easier for content creation on the website because we can focus on putting out guides and, and you know like uh, establishing uh, resources for getting into the game with just those three categories mm-hmm. makes it easier for people to understand like what next once they get sick of any percenter you know what should i do now once they get sick of the three categories that are on the boards maybe they can go to extensions maybe they can go to bingo mm-hmm. randomizer speed runs of like mods that are also becoming a lot more popular now mm-hmm. people are making uh, modded versions of the game to, to speed run and play so cool there are a lot of options but we make sure that the most important ones are at the forefront so people don't get confused yeah i was uh really one of the most like impressive moderation decisions i've seen a board do in a while was when i noticed that you guys had moved uh no sba and story missions over to the category extensions because is it story missions is that story specialist see that's where it gets confusing and part of the reason why we moved it Mm -hmm. all level spatulas was the name of it and it's basically every mission based spatula Mm -hmm. excluding the trades for patrick and crabs so like there are like extra spatulas you can get where um, you, you can go there are 80 socks to collect throughout the game mm-hmm. and you can trade 10 socks for one golden spatula. So there are eight total spatulas you can get from Patrick and then you can get another eight from buying them from Mr. Krabs. So that's like the, the shiny objects cost mm-hmm. 39,500 shiny objects to buy all them from Krabs. So back in the day before ski ball abuse, which is the trick that you that um, you exploit the X-ball, the, excuse me, the ski ball machine to um to generate shiny objects at a really fast rate. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, we were generating around like 59.5 per second with a, a an exploit where we would just um, destroy a bunch of tiki's, which give shiny objects, and combo them, which gives extra shiny objects, and mm-hmm. jump off a bridge, die, respawn, and do it again. We do that for 11 and a half minutes straight and 100% to get enough shiny objects. But Not very now funny. we're generating <laughs> shiny objects up to 900 per second. Right. So it became so fast that it became viable in the any percent category where we can use eight of the crab spatulas and replace um, seven of the ones that weren't being previously used. You can replace, you can use those to replace other content spatulas like mission spatulas. So Mm. the reason why all level spatulas was a thing was because 100% was so unplayable back in the day or so unappealing, not unplayable, but unappealing to a lot of people because of the grinding. So it was, an, it was an option to like diet 100% where you can do that. We also had another variation of 100% with uh, 100% with in-game codes where you would 100% the game, but you're allowed to use in-game codes to get everything in the game. So you can activate cruise boosting early. You can um, you can generate the shiny objects by using cheat codes and generate spatulas to enter levels early. So it was it was a spin on excuse me. Okay. It's a spin on 100% that made it much more appealing to people. Without having to spend back then, it was like 18 minutes of grinding. Yeah. But now, because 100% was fixed by the existence of SBA, those categories became a lot less popular, mm. and so they kind of died off, and there was no reason to have them on the main board. So we just moved them off. They're on the extension board for Legacy, but they're just not really relevant anymore. Right. Yeah. Which again, it was kind of what I found impressive about it because I remember when I first noticed that no SBA was still there. I've never necessarily been a fan of speedrunning categories that are just like 
I just don't like this new trick. Except for when the new yeah. trick is like, you know, arbitrary. When it was found, we, we did it to help transition people into the idea of the trick existing. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, it was also uncertainty. There was a lot of anxiety at the time the trick was going to kill the game because we didn't know that 100% was going to become what it is now. And we didn't know that any percent would take a backseat to 100% for competitive players Mm -hmm. and also become more accessible through SBA because SBA made it less appealing. Excuse me. Any percent made, excuse me, (laughs) again. (laughs) SBA made any percent less appealing to top level players, but it made it more appealing to people who were getting into the game because it was easier to get into, but the skill ceiling was lower. So top players gravitated to no SBA and Mm -hmm. now they gravitate to 100%. And NG plus, but like when NG plus obviously is a made up category, so like can't be the main leaderboard category. One hundred percent kind of helped save the game because it gave a non arbitrary option for players to sink their time into. Because mm-hmm. eventually it comes to the question like, why am I playing the game without SBA? Because it's slower. It's just not speed running because it's not the fastest way to beat the game. There's no question about it with 100% because it's, it's a viable speedrun category. It makes sense why we're playing it. Mm-hmm. The objective is clear regardless of what we do to get from point A to point B. Right. But now it's fun as well. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just helped um, get the community back on track and have a goal in mind of something to optimize. Mm-hmm. And it's also way more content to optimize, way more difficult as well of a speedrun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even more difficult than no SBA was, was back in the day when it was a one-frame gauntlet because... Um, there's just so there's so many more diverse tricks and they're all way more precise than the stuff we were doing back then anyway. Mm-hmm. So we kind of everybody kind of just won off of the exchange where we have a category now any percent that people can get into very easily. Uh, you're seeing that with the active runner count, people are now playing the game a lot more mm. and people are getting back into the game because they they enjoy this route more as a, as a beginner because again like speed running is is full of a lot of people who aren't taking games as seriously as the top players and they should have an option too. They shouldn't have to be forced to do like really slow workarounds to avoid really hard strats top players were doing because that was basically the game back then. Right. In 2018, it was like crazy hard strats at top level, but if you weren't at top level, you were doing really slow, boring stuff to work around it. Mm. So it was, it was much more of a watcher's game than a player's game, but now it's become both. That's cool. I think also, I mean, just in terms of like the speedrunning community as a whole, the games that have like collecting based objectives, like uh like collecting the spatulas in this game or collecting stars in super mario 64 or even banjo kazooie which i'm pretty sure is only collecting a lot of those games like have made 100 percent their their main category anyway so um. yeah it's it's it's, i also like that one you make a very good point like these these platformers get optimized to the point where um the objectives are very straightforward and there are Mm -hmm. often ways to kind of you know skip them or bypass them to get to the end quickly like super mario 64 has that problem where you can beat the game with literally zero stars right um, Battle for Bikini Bottom kind of has that issue at, at top level, at least, where the game is so gutted that there's not much left to do mm-hmm. except run in a straight line in this, the next objective and abuse the ski ball machine to buy eight spatulas. Mm-hmm. Um, Banjo Kazooie's case, I, I believe, I'm not an expert on that game, but I believe the reason why that 100% is the main category is because any percent is just so close like it's so close yeah, right it's so like 84 percent or something <laughs> yeah, you might as well just get the rest of <laughs> right it. and um battle for bikini bottom is in that same boat now mm. where you collect 77 spatulas and 80 percent mm. and then 100 percent it's 100 which i really love by the way because it the viewers understand like it's very easy to see like one spatula is one percent so mm. every time the number pops up on the screen you're like okay 
on this percentage of the way through the run, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to understand where you are if you don't understand how splits work, mm -hmm. which make it very accessible to watch. Um, but with 100%'s previous issue is uh, you collect 77 spatulas and old any percent, you collect the 77 spatulas and like just barely 77 were, were good to collect. Mm -hmm. Since the game is so much more developed, all the spatulas are fun to collect now, mm -hmm. or at least like 98, 97% of them. So now, um, instead of the um, the crab spatulas not making up that 8%, 8% of those crab spatulas are now included in 80%. So now we're really effectively collecting under 70 spatulas of real content. Right. So you just get so much more out of it with 100% because, you know, like I said previously, um, the 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 idea was that with seventy seven spatulas ninety percent plus the seven that you would you wouldn't get from mm. crabs, um, that's not much of a difference between any percent one hundred percent content wise, but one hundred percent was so much longer because of the extra grinding. But now with no extra grinding and having a little bit more content, it makes the game it, it adds stuff back to the game that was previously cut because it was no longer fast in eight percent, but it still keeps you know. You understand what I'm trying yeah. to say. No, definitely. I gotcha. Cool. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about your uh, effort to create content yourself um, for the game. I know that you just finished a pretty big project for your Any% percent tutorial video. Um, do you just talk to me a little bit about it? Because I've tried to make a tutorial video for the game I ran, and I just like get so lost in the process. So do you want to talk a little bit about like what that process looked like for you, like the different steps you went through? Yeah, I believe the process of making a fully realized tutorial video like with um like cutaway gags and stuff like that mm -hmm. keep it fun for people who don't plan on running the game because i'm still used like i still have a youtube channel you know i wouldn't consider myself a youtuber yet but i still have a channel i want to keep afloat and i don't want people to get bored by the content i'm uploading yeah definitely in the past the tutorials that i would upload were just like live cuts of me just explaining stuff through the run mm -hmm. not, not a lot of people are going to be interested in that especially because they're not going i'm not doing a review of the world record run right or more high level strats just like less updated not less updated but easier less optimized stuff yeah, that, that people sense. from a viewership perspective might not be as interested in watching but this challenge with this one was trying to make something that was fun to watch and learn from both and i, I added some little like comic relief mm -hmm. sections in there to make it fun uh just like little short stuff because it was still a mostly serious video but if one percent of it's funny you know people We'll stick around for the next little bit that comes up because I don't know when it's coming and so forth. Yeah, I gotcha. But I believe the original process of this started back all the way back in 2016 when I made my first tutorial. Um, I said when I was learning the game and trying to get better at it that I wouldn't. And by the way, at the time, the world record was a 107. Mm. Um, just for context, um, I said I wasn't going to make a video on how to speedrun the game. I wasn't going to make a tutorial until I had a sub 110 because I figured at that point. I'd be good enough at the game to be able to ex at least be able to explain to people how the game worked. Mm -hmm. But funny enough, at the time, because there were no resources to learn the game on your own, I was so bad at cruise boosting, I didn't understand how to do it. And that was like the main, like back then it was like the majority of the game. Right. Um, cruise boosting, my, my screen went black there, hold on. All right. Um, the majority of the game was cruise boosting, so if you didn't know mm -hmm. how to do that, you just struggle so much getting into it. So the first tutorial I made, I still got a 109 because the game wasn't optimized, but I just I was so bad at cruise boosting, I could not do it. Mm. I didn't figure out until like I had like a 108 how to really do it if, like consistently and effectively. Mm. And once I figured out how to do it, I just shot straight down and got the world record and so forth, like mm. optimized the game to the point. 
where it was like almost pushing under an hour. But that first tutorial, I wasn't there yet in skills, so it wasn't that great for learning. People still, like, a lot of people still picked up the game, but it wasn't until the year after when I made the next one after that that a lot of more people started to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And then 2017 really started to grow into, like, one of the more active speedrun games on speedrun.com. Since then, it's been consistently, like, up there, like, mm-hmm. top 30 at least. Like, it's never gone below that since 2017 mm-hmm. once that second tutorial was made. And then things just kept going, kept making them. Um 2018 to 2019 was a rough spot because there were so many developments with SBA that like the tutorials just kept being outdated. They kept getting outdated each time I make them. Yeah. So I decided to wait and not make a tutorial since like, I think like around this time last year. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, the new one's out and the new one, I, the philosophy going into that was like, okay, the games, the game hasn't really changed much, at least for any percent. The game's always changing for 100%, but. Any percent's been optimized for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. The route's not changed much, especially for new players. hasn't changed much. Um, now is the time to make something that's going to last for a long time. And so I sat down for two months, invested hundreds of hours into this new one. Mm-hmm. And this is the definitive, the ultimate guide for running any percent, hopefully. Um, I don't think anything major is going to be found for a very long time that beginners will have use for. So this, especially, and if it does get found, like, we had the website now that the community and myself, we all worked on yeah. to, to make these little like patches, like updates for the tutorial. There's a whole section on there where you can look at the routes, like how the routes differ um, from level to level of skill, starting with the any percent tutorial that I put out. Um, one of our community members, Curtis, was uh, nice enough to write out each individual route for each skill level that he made up mm-hmm. and explain how to transition from the beginner route in my video to that next route to the next route after that to the next route after that and he was also integrating these um changes for the beginner route because again like i was keeping it under wraps because i didn't want it to leak i didn't want people to to get any parts of the video leak because i wanted to be surprised by the stuff that i put in there yeah so he was doing this as the video was streaming live for the first time the premiere that happened on the mm-hmm. 14th so he was putting a lot of work into that we appreciate his effort yeah that's awesome um do you want to talk a little bit about what all does that website entail is it i i understand that like content that's not necessarily purely educational is also like a goal of the site if i'm not mistaken what are kind of some of the different goals that you were trying to achieve with that project well i'm on the website now just to get some talking points ready the the, the original goal was to get people a resource for getting better at the game because there wasn't much of that without having to like ask a player like hey how do I do this? What mm. should I, what spatula should I trade for this? Cause the game's open world. It's mm. a very non-linear game because the socks affect how many spatulas you finish with. Um, and they're all viable for runs, by the way. Mm. Unlike, uh, Super Mario Sunshine is an example of a game where like the blue coins exist to trade for shines, but they're not used in any percent. In battle, the socks are used in right. all categories. So that's the reason why, um, it's a lot more difficult for beginners to route stuff. Mm. So we went the route of like, okay. The spatula, and another thing too is like cruise boosting can only be done after you collect 41 spatulas to enter the industrial park. 40 spatulas and then the 41st is from defeating the boss. Mm -hmm. SBA can only be done after you collect 15 spatulas to get into the Poseidon. So there are three different sections of the game where you're not getting everything as quickly as you see it, but you're saving stuff for later because it's faster. You're doing things earlier because they're not much different later. Right. And you have three different sections to balance from you. The socks, the different spatulas, different tricks. It's, it's, It's a mess. Yeah. So we decided to go the route of like, okay. 
instead of making people ask like what should i trade for this we made several different routes on for each category on the website so it's like okay you're you're at this level now you upgrade to this level and change these exact spatulas and socks because mm-hmm. again like it's part of, if you're deeper into the game and you're more enthusiastic about the routing aspect yeah it's fun to pick your own stuff and customize but there should be a default route for each skill level that each person can just take if they don't want to go through the trouble of asking somebody what to do yeah. to learn how to route. Like, obviously, you're at an advantage if you know how to route, make a mm-hmm. custom route, but a custom route isn't, necess- isn't necessary to improve in the game. Yeah, and that's a concept that. we had to really tackle with this website was mm-hmm. making the game improvable without having to go through a custom route. We do have, like, a list of, we have an encyclopedia of strategies now. Like mm-hmm. It's, like, over 170 pages of strats. A lot of those wow. strategy pages have like several strats on one page just because they're all grouped together. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different <laughs> aspects of this game to understand at any different skill level. There are strategies I don't even know how to do in this game because like by the time I was already advanced enough to do the optimal strat, an easier strat was found that I just never learned. Right. Like stuff like that exists all, all over the place. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even explain how to do some of the lower level strats because I never had to bother learning them. Mm-hmm. So this is why it's nice to have people who research strats High, high level, top, uh, high level, low level, um, or rather beginner level, I should say, not low level. Mm. Um, stuff, because like most of my knowledge is stuff that I learned in the past that was easier, because yeah. obviously the game yeah. just keeps getting harder. But those, the, stra- the stuff that I knew in the past that was easier is all obsolete now. Mm. So for a few things, so it's nice to have people who are knowledgeable about that stuff to help with the website. Yeah. So we have the encyclopedia to, to customize your route if you want to, mm-hmm. or learn the strategies that are mentioned in the tutorial route, um, the um, routing tutorials that are on the uh, tutorial page. Mm-hmm. And then we have like a list of levels to kind of like help people group together, like, okay, this trick's in this level. That's more of like an extra thing. It's not too necessary, but we wanted to have the levels page on there for referencing and like, uh, like modding, uh, like modding terminology, like having mm-hmm. the different level names on there for the, mod- the modders to expand knowledge on. Because it's not meant for just um, speedrunning. It's meant for modding, uh, playing randomizer, speedrun bingo, and tasks. We're trying to build a resource for all of that. But a lot of those aspects other than speedrunning are relatively underdeveloped, except, like, excuse me, um, a lot of those sub-communities under the Battle for Bikini Bottom community are underdeveloped mm-hmm. compared to speedrunning. But they all help speedrunning. They all make the speedrun more interesting when you have, like, different mods to play. Yeah. Speedrun bingo. Um, which is super underdeveloped right now. We have to do like a whole rule change work over on that mm-hmm. soon to make it more, you know, like um, comparable to how other communities do it. So it's e- it's more accessible. Yeah. Because um, when we first started doing bingo, I'm going on a tangent now, but no, like, when okay. we first started doing bingo, it was um, it wasn't really. Um, I didn't know what I was doing when I set it up. So mm-hmm. people have kind of just started going off on this like weird tangent of uh, playing bingo this weird way that doesn't really compared to how speedrun bingo is supposed to be played so mm. instead of like um keeping that just that one rule set is the one way to play we're trying to add more rule sets that are more similar to how other communities do it mm-hmm. to make it more accessible to other communities and that's just one example of how we're trying to um help other com- other sub communities under speedrunning and related to speedrunning like modding and um tassing mm-hmm. which is still kind of a sub community under speedrunning but as far as the interest goes um there's not too much crossover with the speedrunners and the taster, but there's there's a little bit. So we're trying to help those communities grow to make the game overall better. So it's not just the speedrunning community. We're now trying to branch out 
and make other aspects of the Battle for Bikini Bottom community bigger and better. Mm -hmm. Cool. cool. Um, what What is the URL for that website for anybody who's interested in checking that out? It's bfbb.site. Uh, we use PHP on it, so the, like the individual links are kind of like they're 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 generated, so it's not like um, I think actually the tutorial page is actually yeah it's bfb.site slash speedrun underscore tutorials. I mean it's all it's again it's PHP, so it's right. Like, it's, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely. That sounds a lot more um, like inclusive than some of the other community sites I've seen. So that's really cool. I'm I'm really excited about that project. Um, you also mentioned that you're working on a world record history video. I, I have to ask, is, is there like a natural challenge to you, like helping with that project at, because at some point it just becomes like the yeah, history of your that's why, that's why I have some editors on board and some mm -hmm. people to help write stuff. Um, it's being told, uh, it's being narrated by SM loader. One of my friends who's around a lot of different speedrun communities, mm -hmm. um, Primarily, I think he's involved with like uh, Zelda stuff, but he's also been around Battle for Bikini Bottom quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So he's a um, really good voice actor. He's he was actually a finalist in the um, uh, in auditions for the new Smash Melee documentary. Oh, really? It's called, like, Meta, Meta Game, I think it's what it's called. Yeah. yeah, he was a finalist for the narrator in that. Mm -hmm. So we we just kind of pulled him on board and said, "Hey, you want to read the script?" And he's also he was involved with the average trays. Uh, history video for Super Mario Sunshine. He was like very involved with the music choice for that. Mm. So we got him on, on board for that too and helping with um he's gonna help review the script to make sure it's like sounds okay in his voice as well. Mm. We got him very involved. Um another thing too with Loader uh reading it's also gonna be told like from um, I, it's it's my writing voice so like mm. I'm kind of going through and writing the whole thing and my friends like taking a look at stuff and saying yeah maybe clarify that change that a little bit. Um, what's going to happen, I'm probably going to have my friends in the community write about the era when I started coming in and playing to get it from their perspective. Because it's not just like, I don't want, it's not only that I don't want it to be biased, mm. talking about talking about myself in the third person, but I also want um, the perspective of people who weren't me. Because obviously, like, the natural, naturally with speed running, like, it can always be better. You never think your run's good. Yeah. But. I want to see the perspective of how other people viewed these runs that I did mm -hmm. when I come in. And by the way, when I when I say when I come in, I mean like I've gotten I'm 15 pages into the script, single space, and we just started talking about cruise boosting being found. Oh my goodness! Like, wow. Yeah, we're we're only on 2014 right now. We're mm -hmm. I'm on March 2014 as of now. So that's uh, like Hazel just got back to me. She's kind of like our link to the past right now, where mm. she's telling me about stuff that happened back in the day. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of like interviewing her through uh, Discord DMs, and she's telling me, helping me clarify stuff. We're trying to like sometimes there's like a little bit of a like a blank spot in history. We're trying to figure out together mm -hmm. using different resources and different forums and stuff at the time. Mm. It's going to be a lot easier once we get to 2016 because I my memory is very good of um, the, the things that have happened since then. Because I've been like I said, or like I I didn't say this actually, but think most people know by now i've been playing this game every single day for the past four years yeah so i pretty much have a, a very solid account of what's happened since then mm. but i also want the perspective from other people there are a lot of like small down periods where um i was the only one playing the game in 2016 and like there were like weeks at a time people would play and they'd stop for weeks at a time mm. and i'd be playing at weeks for a time and i'd stop for a weeks at a time they'd stop for a weeks at a time but i was playing consistently the whole time to bridge these gaps of people not playing so the game never ended up dying, and then eventually, in 2017, it started to gain traction where 
it's become a lot more self-sustaining. Now I think it absolutely is self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably wouldn't be growing as much if I weren't streaming the game, but I think the community would still survive, exist, and you know, be able to do its own work if I weren't around. So that's comforting knowing that, like, yeah, but- because of the existence of these resources and the players who are passionate about the game, if some, if I weren't able to play the game anymore, mm-hmm. it'd be okay now. And that's something that wasn't. I wasn't capable of saying until now. I I don't think I haven't been really sure of it until now. Mm-hmm. Especially because um the game already went through two deaths before. Like it it died back in the uh, late two thousands and it died in the uh, early twenty tens again. So mm-hmm. or mid twenty tens rather. I'm I'm glad that now we have some stability. Right. I think I'm confident that the game will be fine now that we have enough resources and um, the established knowledge is out there. Mm-hmm. I think what'll really tie it all together is this history video that set that kind of recounts everything that happened up until this point and give people an idea of like how the communities developed and know what to do next is kind of like a, almost like a Bible, I guess, of yeah, like I gotcha. how, how the, um, the game is supposed to be played. So mm-hmm. there's no confusion when people pick it up again in the future, if it ever gets, if it ever dies down, because mm-hmm. that I think a lot of communities have a lot of trouble with transitioning um, positions of power people have different ideas and they lose sight of how the game is supposed to be played mm. for better or worse you know yeah you just gave me this really funny mental image of a kid in like 2035 like blowing the dust off of like the website like okay it's time to bring this game yeah. back um so you guys are in a situation that not a lot of speedrunning communities go through where you're growing quickly a lot of people are becoming interested and like just looming like a few months from now a completely hd redone remake of the game is going to come out um, how has like rehydrated affected uh, kind of the way that the community's been been going about these things? And I guess a better question is, what do you expect to happen like once rehydrated comes out? Well, rehydrated has us all very anxious because THQ Nordic has been very quiet about stuff, and I haven't. I went to this. A lot of people know I went to the studio in mm-hmm. October to play the game and test stuff for them, give them some insight on like stuff like small details they might have missed. So I was there for three days. Um, unfortunately, we, we were planning on doing a second trip mm-hmm. to like sometime this year, but I can guess unfortunately, why you're not doing it's that not now. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah, the Corona stuff. So right. um, that's very unfortunate. But yeah. they opened an online testing service for Destroy All Humans, THQ Nordic did. So mm. there's a chance they could even do that remotely if we need to do anything, if they want me to look at the movement one more time. Because mm. it's funny, that was the one thing we didn't get a chance to look at. We got a chance to look at the, the SpongeBob movement, the sliding movement, but we never got a chance to look at the platforming movement. Mm. And that's what a lot of people are saying is like, needs to be polished a little bit because it doesn't really feel like the original based mm. on you know takes from people who were at the, um, uh, not E3, uh, PAX East. Mm. When they got to play the game in person, they were saying they didn't really feel much like the original. So... I hope they take that feedback and they use it to polish the movement a little bit more. But if, if they need any help with that, like judging how it feels, I'm very open to doing that remotely if mm-hmm. possible. But a lot of, that's a lot of the anxiety. But a lot more anxiety is just like trying to get this community well documented and explain to people why the remake's even happening mm-hmm. because of the, the revival of this game. Like we're trying to make a history video on that. It's not just world record progression. It's also strat progression community progression and like how the game went from being a forgotten licensed game in the early 2000s to it i guess people are kind of looking at now as like a, a forgotten gem mm-hmm. 
now it's um been fully reclaimed by people it's being remade you know right it's there's a, it's a whole story that we need to tell mm-hmm. and it's crazy because speed running made this happen and i don't think that's happened yeah, before where like speed running has revived a game mm-hmm. to this extent you know it's it's very um it's very interesting because they could have just very well made a, a licensed game based on the new movie like they've done with every previous movie before that but right. this is the case where they're not taking the route of making a movie tie-in this time they're choosing Battle for Bikini Bottom to sell with the movie because it's they they're aware of how popular it was and how much popular how much more popular it is now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an interesting take. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a it's a bold move, but it's going to pay off for them because they 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 were smart and they saw how big the game is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of like speedrunning reviving the game, that's I think is what has made it so curious for me watching you talk about trying to convince them to bring cruise boosting in for the new game. Um, where it's kind of like an interesting, like the circular nature of speedrunning, where you have a trick that only ever exists because of like poor coding and, and to say like, okay, well we like this now. And this is like part of the game now. So now you- I think that's only that's, I think that's like kind of like a skewed perspective on the situation. So I'll just explain. Okay. Yeah. No, go for it. How that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. cruise boosting, is a side effect of 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 overlapping animations because okay. um, Heavy Iron in-house their animation system, so it's the Renderwear engine, but they have custom animations and they're very well done, mm. very very well done. But the side effect of something that probably took you know they didn't realize at first was that you can use moves on the same frame okay. because the cruise bubble because the cruise bubble was implemented very. Um, haphazardly where you can use moves at the on the same frame when the cruise bubble is used. Mm. So weird. There are also other weird properties of the cruise bubble, but the cruise bubble itself is what causes this cancellation to happen. Mm. But bowling cancellation is also a whole other thing that's possible mm. through means of other than the cruise bubble. But the cruise bubble was the RTA viable way of doing it. Um, they they later figured out in the movie game when they made the movie game out of the um, the base of Battle for Bikini Bottom um, when they reskin Battle to make movie. They realized this and they um they entered a line of code that fixed it. Gotcha. Simple fix. So more very like simple an, an oversight. So it's a that. very it's a very well made stable game, but yeah, they that. just missed that one little thing. Okay. Um, yeah. So not necessarily like cru- coding. Fast forward to now when cruise boosting is being talked about mm-hmm. and referenced by the developers of the game when they first revealed it at Gamescom, um, and they mentioned. There's a lot of debate at the studio over whether or not to include it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they vaguely mentioned it. It turns out the CEO of Purple Lamp Studios making the game is a big fan of speedruns. And he saw the game in GDQ 2017 and took a lot of interest in, the, in that run in particular. Mm-hmm. And around that time, THQ Nordic was noticing a surge in popularity of the game for you know reasons we've already talked about. Right. And they decided to, they were probably already in the process of getting the license back from, from Nickelodeon. Mm. But the question was, which SpongeBob game were they going to remake? Or or were they going to make a new one, if that? Right. Yeah. And make a new one, of course, with the new movie coming out, which at the time it was destined to come out in 2019. But then the death of Steven Hillenberg and all that stuff, they probably rewrote the script a little bit yeah. to change it to fit their agenda for like pushing the, um, the spinoff they're doing now or whatever. Mm. So it got, the movie got delayed and... I th- they um they could have very well just done a a, a full licensed movie game mm-hmm. on the uh, the sponge on the run movie 
um, but they decided not to, and they went with Battle for Bikini Bottom instead, likely due to the popularity surge. So when they, they took in Purple Lamp Studios because they were the most competent company to produce this game, and the one of the, the, the CEO of the, uh, the company mm-hmm. has interest in speedrunning. So that's where the discussion came about, like, would it be possible to get cruise boosting in this game? Because there are other remakes, well, remasters, because, like, I believe the OOT3D is a remaster. Yeah, I think it's on the same engine. Uh, Yes, something like that. But, like, there there are glitches in that game that existed in the original that Mm. they left in. This would be an unprecedented case where they'd be remaking Battle for Bikini Bottom from the ground up on a different engine. And intentionally putting in... yeah. intentionally putting in like rep trying to replicate cruise boosting because yeah. obviously it's not going to work the same way because it's a different engine mm. the camera's different practices in game development have changed a lot over the past 17 years mm. which is crazy because it was made 17 years ago right, yeah and it's being remade but it would be insane if they were able to get it get like a replicated easter egg cruise boost in the game mm. to um to have it for the not just speedrunners, people, people who are enthusiasts of the game love it too. Not just it's not just a speedrunning trick, you know. Mm-hmm. Like cruise boosting is what got me into speedrunning. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the other, it wasn't the other way around. Mm-hmm. So that kind of a thing. It's, it's the legacy of the game where without cruise boosting even existing, I would never play the game, and none of this would ever have happened. Really, mm-hmm. nobody would have ran the game. I don't think if that if that wasn't, hadn't been found, other than the people who were originally passionate about the game itself, because I'd forgotten about it. Everybody else had forgotten about it, but. Yeah, you know, like the originals, Hazel and Cole and the others, um, they saw something in this game that we didn't, and they found that trick, and that got people interested in it. Mm-hmm. And then, even though cruise boosting was cool and all, it wasn't enough to get the game to the point where it is, where people respect the run and enjoy watching it. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like they they laid a foundation for us to Find build something things. great on top of. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And that's and that greatness is what encouraged all the the remake stuff and. Mm-hmm popularity surge because of all of the unique things about the original game um like cruise boosting all of the like individual spatula strats sba all that good stuff uh being a product of like the the older way of doing games like you talked about um do you see rehydrated as being almost kind of a category extension like for your community or do you think that it's not going to be a category it's 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 an entirely different game yeah no i i I, not necessarily like actually putting on the leaderboard is kind of but do you think that's kind of how people treat it like oh today i kind of feel like playing rehydrated or do you see like it growing its own unique speedrunning community that overlaps a little bit it depends because it's always if it doesn't have cruise boosting it's always going to be compared to the original yeah um like you can't escape that Mm -hmm. even the movie game like falls victim of being compared to battle which Mm -hmm. is um unfortunate but like you know it's it's on the same engine it's it's going to be compared Mm -hmm. so battle for bikini bottom is a unique experience where you can only get the stuff in that game from that game and if rehydrated is seen as a lesser version of that game it's either it's one of two things are going to happen either it's going to be popular for a month and die down or it's going to form its own community of people who don't who prefer runs that aren't as broken yeah fast-paced that, like people who prefer more linear, slow-paced runs, that still they can still play the game that, that they love. If they love Battle for Bikini Bottom, they can play it, but they're not going to be necessarily playing it for what Battle for Bikini Bottom has become mm-hmm. through the development of the community. You know, they'd be playing a different version of Battle for Bikini Bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with that said, the run is probably going to be a lot more linear than the uh, original. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be way less glitchy or way less fast-paced, rather. It might it could, the any percent run, for instance, could be shorter. 
because we don't know how the game's going to be made. You could, you could potentially even just glitch to the end of the game instantly. We just don't right. know. Yeah. But it's not going to be faster paced. You're not going to be collecting, you know, 100 spatulas in an hour and 18 minutes. You're not mm-hmm. going to be collecting 77 spatulas in an hour and 40, an hour and, excuse me, 49 minutes. Mm-hmm. 77 spatulas in 49 minutes is not going to happen in, in, uh, in Battle for King Bottom Rehydrated. That's, right. that's possible because of cruise boosting, SBA, um, sponge glide levitation glitches, being able to clip through anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, the game is the game's engine is limitless. You can do whatever the fuck you want. So right. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's that just makes it so much faster paced. Mm-hmm. If rehydrated is just um more of like big skips and not really sequence breaks, mm-hmm. I can see it potentially becoming its own thing. But if it's just linear battle for bikini bottom with no cruise boosting, mm-hmm. it might just be fun for a while and then maybe attract more casual speedrunners than competitive speedrunners. Mm-hmm. And you need to have that competition to keep a game alive. Yeah, I see that. But I think if it has its own take on cruise boosting as an Easter egg included in the game. I think that people will still play it because cruise boosting is uh, that unifying thing that it's not the same game, but it still has the movement that we like. Mm-hmm. So we'll just play both. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, with that in mind, you mentioned earlier that you don't always want to like talk about it as like being a streamer, but like the gig is the gig. So what what's kind of your uh, plan like to jump in there? Are you going to like immediately start trying to like route things and figure out a way to run it yourself? Or are you just going to kind of play around with it? For I'm really, a little bit yeah, I'm really hoping to get a review copy so I can do the routing and uh, casual play, get that out of the way on day one. So I can start speed running on actual day one. Yeah. That makes sense. Everybody else gets it. That's mm-hmm. my plan. Um, don't know what's going on with the release date. So I don't know yet if I can even get one. Mm-hmm. I want to get front page time. Um, I already talked to my representative at Twitch. They said that they'd be willing to, get me time on the front page when the game comes out but it's just so up in the air i wish thq nordic would tell us more because it's kind of affecting my career at this point i need to be right, able to yeah. know when i'm doing all this stuff you know I understand that. <laughs> um, yeah so i want to do i don't want to jump right into it i want to take my time and find stuff um doing all this research on how the, the original game was broken is helping me f- like see strats that were done back when the game was just what rehydrated will be just very casual you know, Rock like I'm writing about how people found ways to combo shiny object tiki's to, mm. to pay the clam at the beginning of jellyfish fields. You know, stuff like that is going to be rehydrated at, at first. We don't know how it's going to develop from there, but I'm really excited to see how it goes and what we can find in the, in the game. Now, mm. I'm also taking a few notes from the Smash community, um, actually on what not to do and what, and also what to do mm-hmm. when the game comes out as well. Um, as, in relation uh, to like moving forward. Yeah, I think that like the transition from melee to brawl is a good way of um seeing like what not to do. Yeah, that makes sense. For for um for how to manage a community because mm-hmm. a lot of it was just like fighting over which game was better and people being elitist over which game was better. The same thing with Smash 4 happened. I think Ultimate was a lot better because um the the top streamers and personalities like now Twitch was a much bigger platform than it was back when Smash 4 was first released. Mm-hmm the streamers have a lot more responsibility and power than they did before. So the biggest names are trying to keep the communities, you know, friendly with one another yeah, and be respectful of what they like to play. Mm. Uh, the same goes for Rehydra. That's how we're trying to, like, obviously we're going to have our opinions on which game is better, mm. but it ultimately comes down to which one you prefer. You know, like some people prefer the breakneck pace of the original. Some people prefer the the lesser 
to, to an extent, I guess, like a slower paced, more linear run yeah. of the new one. We're trying to at least make both games accessible to both players so, you know, we can capitalize on the immense amount of growth that we're going to get from Rehydrated. Mm-hmm. Similar to how, like, because Ultimate got so big, Melee got bigger as well. So even if they don't like playing the game, they can at least be respectful toward it to keep it accessible for both communities. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's very similar to that. But what we're not going to do is, um, like, the old days of Smash when they, they got their... You know, remake or sequel, mm-hmm. and they just kind of um, choose your side. Elitist about it. Yeah, we're not. We're not trying to do that here. Yeah, I got you. You can learn from other communities and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. one of my biggest inspirations for getting into this game was um, the Smash community, actually, mm-hmm. um, because of the way they're passionate about their game. I wanted to see what would happen if somebody applied a similar amount of passion to something that had potential but just wasn't recognized yet. Yeah. So, and that that kind of led to all this that happened here. So I think um, just taking thinking critically about stuff that other people have done and applying that to your own leadership is a good way of um, running a community. Yeah, I think um, another like speedrunning equivalent, I guess, would be kind of the Wind Waker. How it's like the two different versions of that game have managed to like break in their own unique ways and yeah. have uh, unique communities. That's cool. And I think like you're in a good place because at the end of the day, it's just like. If it's just a linear game, then the original one still exists, and you can just hop right back over to it. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping it brings. But I would love for both to um to be popular. Yeah, definitely, I can see and that. Gain their own their own followings. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I hope it brings. It'd be hard trying to manage both communities at the same time because I know I'm going to be at the forefront of both. But mm. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you have like what like basically three or four full time jobs right now that are all battle for bikini bottom. So. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we'll just pop it up to five. That's no big deal. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciated your insights and all of that. Um, you guys can find Shift on twitch.tv slash Shift. Um, and what exactly is like the is your YouTube channel just Shift if they want to go look at the... the yeah, the URL page. is like slash Shift SS. Um, all I have to plug really is go check out the tutorial video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's over three hours long, but if you got something you need to watch, like you're just trying to watch something during all the... Um, the uh, the coronavirus outbreak right. and you're all in your house anyway just hanging out um i try to keep it entertaining i tried to you know speak in a way that's soothing for people to listen to if they're not necessarily interested in learning the run but if you're interested in like trying tricks or just you want to hear how the game works at a more basic level mm-hmm. uh, if you have any interest in that kind of stuff or like even just like the memes that are put that are scattered throughout to keep people entertained you know that kind of stuff um all in there you take a look at that video i spent a lot of time on it so great um i would like for you know as many people to be able to see and use it to to get into the community as possible we're we're open to helping anybody who won this game good deal sweet well i look forward to watching it myself i uh, just got back from a trip but it's going to be the first thing i watch now that life is paused (laughs) uh thank you everybody for tuning in once again i'm ghostwood this was shift and that's time thank you for joining us Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Time Safe Podcast. I'm Jacob Ghostwood Wilkinson. I'm just going to go ahead and do my show notes real quick. If you are listening to the show on Podcatchers and you'd be interested in watching it in video form, it is available on YouTube uh, bit.ly slash timesaveyt. Again, that's bit.ly slash timesaveyt, all lowercase. I post a video version of the show to that feed. 
You can see my face cam as well as the face cam of my guest and watch us have the conversation. It's really interesting. If you're already watching it as a video and you'd be interested in listening to it in audio form, then check us out on all your podcatchers. It, just type in the Time Safe Podcast with Ghostwood. Those are each individual words, the Time Safe Podcast with Ghostwood. Um, you can find it on Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Um, it's a really convenient way to listen to the show. If you are watching the show and you like the overlay, it was made for me by GG Metro, Austin Lane. Um, he pulled it all together. It looks very nice. Thank you, Austin. If you're interested in following the show on Twitter, you can set, uh, follow us at TimeSave Show. Again, that's at TimeSave Show. I tweet new links to episodes. I also eventually will start asking for questions for the guests there. So it's a really good way to keep up with the show. If you're interested in joining the show's community, I'm putting together a Discord for it. It's still a little bit work in progress as of today when this episode drops March 26th. So... Go ahead and jump in bit.ly slash TSP discord. Again, that's bit.ly slash TSP discord, all lowercase. Um, eventually I'll have a bunch of channels in there for discussion about the show, uh, but it might be on hold when you first join, but please go ahead and get in there and uh, we'll get it going as soon as possible. Uh, the intro for the show, as well as audio editing and production help is provided by Declan McCrory. Thank you so much, Declan, for all the help you do. I really appreciate it. And the next episode of the show is due on... Uh, april 9th but it might be april 2nd in fact i'm hoping it'll be april 2nd uh one because i'm behind and two i don't have anything else to do right now so i'm probably going to be switching to weekly for a while assuming i'm able to find guests weekly so uh april 2nd hopefully fingers crossed if you're in the discord and you follow me on twitter i'll give an update about that so thank you so much for watching and i'll see you next time bye